Let's see how many hands I can use tonight. <laughs> I'm just going to do a little review of, of last week because there's a lot of people that weren't here. So if I just continue right on, we started talking about the courts of heaven. going to get to some places while we're taking a, a moment here. Okay, so we're just going to review. Right, we talked about the three dimensions of God. We talked about the dimension of the Father, right? The two sides of the Father, which is Abba Father, the loving Father. I'm just going to barrel through these so you just are all up to speed. Some of you were here, some of you weren't. Dimensions of the Father. When Jesus prayed, prayed that, pray like this, our Father. So we just got the two dimensions of the Father. Abba Father, which was the loving Father. We talked about that. If we know only God is a loving father, then we will tend to be lawless, right? Part two of that, we know God as a father who's a governing father, the, guy, the, uh, the, the side of his, his attribute that we know that he guides us, he leads us, he directs us, he corrects us, all those good things. So with too much, too much of just father 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 we become religious and legalistic so we need both phases of daddy right it's healthy okay then part two of that second dimension was he was the, the dimension of a friend right john 15 i no longer call you servants or slaves but i call you what friends right and so why because a friend wants to tell you secrets, right? He called Abraham a friend, all these things. So I'm just going to barrel through this. Uh, I went all through this all last, last week, so I'm not going to spend too much time. The last thing, Luke 18, what? Oh, it's on the website. We could go back to that. It is on the site. Luke 18, the dimension of the judge. Men ought to, ought to pray and not lose heart, right? 18.1. With the unjust judge, that's the, that's the picture that we had. And so we want to approach God as Father. He prov he's the provider. He provides all of our needs. We want to pr approach him as a friend, position ourselves in intercession, right? Because that's when Abraham came and, and he spoke to him about Sodom and Gomorrah and those things. And Jesus said, I, I call you friends. He wants to share secrets with you. And he shares secrets with you so that you pray. And so that you intercede and you bring breakthrough for others. What does an intercessor do? Prays for those who can't pray for themselves. That's what they that's basically the nugget of what an intercessor does, right? And so we approach him as judge, which is what we've been talking about, which is with the issue of an adversary. And so we're gonna look at this a little more tonight, but I feel like the Holy Spirit wants us to understand that. God is judge, right? We have courtroom scenes all through the Bible. Talked about Daniel chapter 7. 
talked about um, <clears throat> Ephesians, talked about, um, oh my goodness, First Peter 5.8 talks about him as being an adversary, the anti-dekos, right, the one who brings a lawsuit, a legal suit, a legal lawsuit against us. Right? In 1 Peter 5, 8, it says this, Be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around looking like a roaring lion. Right? And so the anti is to deny your rights. And how many know that children of God are, come on, your rightful owners, rightful rulers. I love the testimony that came last night about a little, little kid that said, I was, before, when I was really, really little, I was a king. Like, before he was born, he saw his destiny, and he's speaking as a little three-year-old. It was amazing, right? Because before you were born, right, Psalm 139, verse 16, all the words, all the scrolls were written about you. Everything was written about you. Everything's already preordained about your life. The, ma- the question is, are you going to take hold of it? Are you going to lay hold of it? Are you going to step into it, right? And so... The purpose of the adversary is to deny our rights as citizens of heaven. That's what he does. That's what he does in the earth. Right? Revelation 12, verse 10. Right? He accuses, he accuses God day and night. I don't like that. I want to prevent that. So I want to live in a place where I'm, I'm accusation-free. Right? It's so crazy because I know the Lord said this, and I'm going to get into Joshua and the priesthood out of Zechariah chapter 3 because what, what we're going to see is that there's a, there's a priesthood that's, that's stripped, laid bare, because that's how it used to happen in the Old Testament. Imagine if, let's not imagine, but if before I was ordained, they stripped me down to nothing. You're laughing, but that's what happened. That's what happened. All things, and I thought of this. I thought of Hebrews. All things lay bare before him. And this is what the Lord's after in his church, right? That everything that's hidden will be brought to light. And I don't know, you, I don't know about you tonight, but I want to live in the fullness of light and the fullness of glory. Come on, the more light I have on me, the more glory I have on me. And if, I, if, if I'm, the Bible says that I'm a child of light and not of darkness, and so that I, as I walk in the light, that there'll be more glory. Come on, you're the, just look at your neighbor and tell him you're part of the glory, glory generation. Really, there's glory that's going to be revealed in the earth. Isaiah tells us that, right? Great, great, great light. Darkness will come, but great is the light in you. And so we just have to live in that place, right? How do they overcome? Because of the blood of the Lamb. And we just need to realize that the Holy Spirit, by Jesus Christ, baptized us with the blood, covered us, changed us, transformed us, so that we don't look anything like we used to. Do you believe that? Come on. Okay. And then I went through some of the things. What's holding legal cases against us in heaven? Ready? I'm just going to go back through them because I added some to them, okay? I added some to. Part two adds, them to, adds to them, okay? First was sin, right? We missed the mark. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
There's no one without except for Jesus Christ, right? But God's moving us into a place where we're covered by the blood. Come on, I believe he says we can be perfect like our Heavenly Father. Do you believe that? Or is it a lie? Come on, I know my Father doesn't lie. So if I can be perfect, then that means my life can reflect total, total purity, total peace, total life. Come on, the fullness of who he is. This is going to be good. This is going to be really good at the end. I'm going to get into some icky stuff, and you're going to feel, like, uncomfortable. It's okay. You know why? Listen, because we, we've gotten away from some of, the, some of the just pure Holy Spirit conviction. Okay? God just wants to come in, and he wants to speak to you. And when he responds, when he does something, the, the key is this. Don't be seared in conscience. Right? We don't be seared. We just deal with it. Right, and God's going to cut it off and break it off. Tonight he'll break it off. I believe that, okay? So sin, we missed the mark, right? Number two, transgressions, right? Stepping over the line. That's called habitual sin that you just keep doing and doing and doing and doing. You keep crossing the line, okay? Activity against God, right? And God, we all know our stuff. Come on, it's not, this is not to just get us, I don't want us to be sin-focused tonight. I'm going to mention some things because God wants to just remove it. Iniquity, and we talked about this. Iniquity, sin that's in the bloodline. And I talked about my own, my own testimony, right? Stuff that I, that I realize that I'm like, what did I do? I didn't do anything, you didn't do anything. But, but it says that the sins of the fathers... For three generations, right? And so we want to break that and move past that so that we can walk in complete freedom. But sometimes we're walking around with stuff we don't even know where we got it from. It came from great-great-grandfather somewhere else or grandma. We won't leave grandma out. Okay? So what does the curse do? It says it brings a, a legal right to tempt you in any given area. Legal right. Second thing, it, it, it fashions your identity in the wrong way. Okay, we're going to hit that. Isaiah 6, right? I talked about Isaiah 6, the glory of, glory of the Lord. And he realized, I'm a man of unclean lips. He's in the presence. Remember, the train filled the temple. He's in the presence of the Father. And all of a sudden... He gets hit with the fire red hot coal. Wham, hits his mouth, changes everything. Then he says, Ho, oh, send me. Because I'm a man ready to go. I'm not the man of unclean lips anymore. I'm changed in the presence. It will detour your destiny, right? 139 16. Your eyes saw my substance, yet being unformed. He knew everything about you, he knows what you're made of. He knows every scroll that's been deposited in you. He put the scrolls in you, right? Every written word from heaven over your life. It landed in your body, but it landed in a bloodline, okay? And then he built the case against you in the court of law in heaven, right? We'll see it in a couple places, but we'll, we'll go over that in a little bit. Broken covenants, open doors, we talked about 2 Samuel 21 where uh, 
Saul had broken a covenant against the Gibeonites, right? And David was wondering why there was a famine in the land. Well, the previous king had broken a covenant and brought famine. And so we don't want to break covenants. Well, we want to repent of all that, okay? And I'm just bringing this up. And there's a list, and some of it may apply. This is not to start navel-gazing and trying to figure everything out tonight, Okay? Because sometimes, because it'll, it could make you crazy trying to just figure it all out. Okay, we got to trust in the blood of Jesus. We got to trust in the, the working of the Holy Spirit, right? I can say this now because we got to trust in the Holy, Holy Spirit working in our lives, changing, transforming, moving us, right? And so, you know, perfect example, right? We've broken, we've broken a divorce in our family, right? My grandmother was divorced. My mom was divorced. We are not divorced. 22 years almost. Three. That's all right. It's in 20s. Amazing years. They just fly by. They do. But we've broken, come on, and I believe it's because of the covenant and the blood, because Jesus is the center, right? And we both participated. Right? Okay. Let's go. Intercession. Okay, we'll go to this. This is good. This is done. Get rid of that. Go into my notebooks. Scary. Here we go. So we go to this. The realm. Words. Ready? Another thing that is holding you outside. Words, people with spiritual authority. Words that people speak over you. Okay? Unraveling words that people may have spoken over you. I don't care if it's, you know, it could be some stranger. It's funny. I was thinking about this the other day. I had to do that right away because in my 20s, actually, in my teens, it was spoken over me many times. Don't hang around with that kid. He's going to be dead by the time he's 20. Well, I'm going to be 50 soon. What? What's that? Never mind. Anyway, we have, to, we have to understand that you need to break those words, any word curses that have spoken over you, right? And then number, number six on that is this. Those who are over you in the Lord, spiritual authorities that have spoken things over you must be broken, okay? Not good stuff. And we don't like to talk about this stuff, And hopefully it doesn't ever happen again, right? But you need to break that stuff off. We need to believe that the Holy Spirit and the Lord is going to break that stuff off. Like people speaking things over your ministry, people speaking things over your marriage, people speaking all kinds of things, negative things over you. Come on, we don't want things lingering in the spirit realm. And someone may be in here saying, well, wow, every little thing. Yes, I'm talking about idle words. The Bible talks about not speaking idle words. Funny, huh? No, not funny. We're not to speak idle words. Things you speak over yourself. I'm the only one, right? Things you speak over yourself, negative things. God wants to eradicate that stuff. because, And we'll get into a couple things, insecurity and inferiority towards the end, because that's the basis of all this stuff. 
that holds us back from stepping into destiny. God wants you to have a pure identity, knowing who you are and not being confused and not second-guessing and not believing a lie. All right. So those who are over you, fathers, husbands, wives, pastors, employers, all these things, right? All these people. I can tell you when I started a new business, people weren't happy. When I left the company and started a new business, doing the same thing they were doing in the same town. How do you think that works? Come on, planting churches in, in a new area near people that you know, not really close, but close enough, right? And you're just minding your own business and you think that doesn't affect. It affects. So that's the main thing, right? Everyone's got to move their hearts towards purity all the time, right? Doesn't matter what's happening, okay? Next thing, four keys for breaking curses, ready? Repent. <laughs> for the times, no, no. Come on, there is some, some substance to it. <laughs> Repent for the times that you've spoken any negativity over anyone else. Just start repenting now. No, really, because I, I start thinking about that, and I'm like, oh, God, I got to watch my tongue constantly, right? Just try the, the, the fast. Just fast from speaking negativity. It shouldn't be a fast. It should be a lifestyle, right? It should just be... Like, we live like this. Like, God wants to hear good things coming out of our mouths towards people. He wants us to bless people, not curse them, right? He wants life to come out of our lips, right? Blessing, not curse. And so repent for the, for the times when we have spoken negative to, against others. Forgive those who have spoken negative against us, right? Just go to Isaiah 54 for a second. Let's just look at that. going to motor through this. 54. That was the scripture I was talking about before. Behold, I have created the blacksmith who blows the coals of fire, that, who brings forth an instrument for his works. I have created the, the spoiler to destroy. And then it says this, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you shall be rises up against you in judgment, you shall condemn. You shall condemn. Right? For this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and, and their righteousness is from me. So Holy Spirit, right? He's the one. He's going to break the curses. Every, every weapon, everything that's been spoken, every tongue that's risen up against you. And speak, number three, speak those words off of you yeah you just got to declare and speak those words off of your life sorry this is my journal so I'm just writing stuff down in here and sometimes I can't read what I write ready number four important call into being heaven's destiny over your life after you do that 
So what are we doing? We're declaring, we're cutting off, cutting off. Do you hear me? Cutting off, cutting it away, calling it, for, calling, calling it null and void, and then we're calling forth destiny, right? Lord, I receive the scrolls. I receive everything that you've spoken over me. I want everything you've got in my life, right? Let no words, word curses, be more powerful than him, right? Thank you, Jesus. Number seven, motives of the heart. And we talked about this a little. But motives of the heart was this. Out of Job 1 and 2, do you have a case against him? That's what it was going on with Job. Job's had all these things coming over his life, right? The whole thing of Job. The question of Job. Why? And so accusation took place, and it was because of motive in, in, in the, his heart. And I talked a little bit about this. We're just going to touch on it again. Basically, this was the deal. Job was offering sacrifices for his kids. Satan said this. The accuser said this, that if you, if you lift your hand, if you lift your blessing off of him, if you take everything away that he has, he'll curse you, which he didn't, right? But he was also giving sacrifice with motives that God would not bring curse his family. Motives. Motives. All right. And the good part about this, right, motives of the heart, doesn't matter what comes against you, right? What happened with Job? I love this lesson about Job because everything was given back double. And so we need to believe that God has a redemptive language that he wants to release over us, right? And, to, and he'll give us double what we, we lost. And you just need to declare, devil, I want my stuff back. We need to believe that God's going to restore what the locusts have eaten. That's the promise out of Joel, isn't it? That he's going to restore what the canker worm, what the, what, everything that was eaten. I know, I'm a lot in the Old Testament. That's okay. It's all good word. Unforgiveness is number eight. Hello. All of us need to forgive. <laughs> There's a reason why Jesus said in his prayer, Abba to the Father, right? Forgive those who trespass against us. It's not just a good memory verse, Right? I think it's required for us to move forward. I can't move forward unless I forgive. I can't move ahead unless I, I release people because the only thing when bitterness is in the heart, the only one it affects is you. Right? If I'm holding on to stuff, it doesn't do any, it doesn't really hurt anyone else. Well, it hurts those around me because they have to live with me. Right? No, it does. It'll affect those around you because, you, what, it, you know, you live with people with bitterness in their hearts. Nothing really good is going to come out, right? And so we need to move ourselves out of position and release people, forgive, the, forgive others, and, ready, the biggie, forgive ourselves. So harboring grudges, we want to be merciful people. Matthew Five, right? Blessed are the merciful. And the other thing is we need, oh, there's all this stuff. I don't even think I'm going into it. There's just 
covenants with demonic and blood sacrifices, which may apply to people in here. I don't know. I just started thinking about all this stuff. Covenants, contracts in the spirit realm. You know, well, I'll just ready testimony, right? Because I was involved with a, with a street gang, and we did some stupid stuff. And I'm thinking it's harmless, but, you know, thinking about it over the last two weeks, I'm thinking maybe it wasn't harmless. So I renounced it. So I asked the Lord to forgive me. I asked the Lord to release stuff, Stu you know, crazy stuff. And you think, oh, it's just stupid kid stuff. No, no, it was with, with, it was with intent. It was with intentions, right? So I had, to dr I had to ask the Lord, Lord, I just break all those things that I may have ag had agreement with. And they were satanic. Yeah. But I don't want it on my life. So, right, I'm doing all this stuff, so I'm cleaning my house. I'll clean the rest of this house, too, all right? It's okay, right? Not, it doesn't freak me out. It doesn't scare me because I know who's with me. Come on, I know who's on my right-hand side. It's the Father who walks with me. And so just because, what did I say at the beginning of last week? I said this. I said, because of the lack of knowledge, come on, we perish. And so as I started going through this stuff, and, you know, I know all, I know all this stuff, really. I've been through deliverance courses. I've been through a bunch of stuff, spiritual warfare, all this stuff. But you know what? You can go over it and over it and over it, and then God, ping, he'll pop stuff up. And when he does, you just take care of it. That's what I mean. We don't go digging for every little thing now. And so God wants to release that, right? And so dedications, altars, all kinds of weird stuff. This is good. Trades, Ezekiel 28, where it talks about Satan trading. And be careful who you trade with. <laughs> what am I saying? Listen, heaven, and heaven knows what we're trading. What do I mean by that? What are you transferring back and forth with? What, what is the things that we continue to engage with? You know, am I, am I with my business? I trade. I deal with people. Do I deal with them justly or unjustly? Am I paying my bills? Am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I running my business righteously? Am I running my ministry righteously? Well, let's just, you know, that's why I just had to go to my business because that's easy to look at trade. How do I deal with people? How do I deal with, with stuff spiritually? Because you can bring things in. Greed, okay? And so heaven belongs to the highest bidder. That's what I believe, right? And so let's just go to Joshua. Let's just go look at uh, Zechariah because, listen, the Holy Spirit and the blood is applied. We'll take care of all this stuff, but I just want to go through this. Zechariah chapter 3, and I've been talking about it and alluding to it for two weeks, so I'm just going to go at it, and we're just going to try and pull this open. We're just going to read, start in verse 1. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before an angel of the Lord, and Satan standing on the right-hand side to oppose him. There he is. He's the accuser again. He's there to oppose Right? We're saying this is Old Testament. Yes, it's Old Testament. But I want to tell you, it shows us in, in Revelation, the accuser comes 
day and night. It didn't really change, okay? So when the Lord says, Satan, said, said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan, and the Lord has chosen Jerusalem. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is this not the, a brand plucked from the fire? And now Joshua was clothed with filthy garments and was standing before an angel, before the angel. And he answered and spoke to those who stood before him, saying, Take away the filthy garments from him. And he said to him, and then he and he said to him, See, I have removed your iniquities from you, and I will clothe you with rich robes. Ready? Father, I just pray right now that we get an understanding of this so that we can carry it into our lives and walk it through in the fullness of what you want us to understand in Jesus' name. Listen, this is, this is so good. It's such a good picture of what God wants to do in our lives. First of all, he wants to renew our minds, right? I didn't even finish the rest. Right? He, put, he says, put a clean turban on him, right? Verse 5, let us, let's put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head. And when they put the clean turban on his head, it was this. This is what they did. They removed the old one, right? And it actually speaks of his garments as being filthy. Like when they say filthy in the Bible, I'm telling you it's nasty. Like it's, it's wretched, like something you don't want to stand next to. You don't want to smell it. You don't want to look at it. They were filthy. So we don't even get good language here. But here's the point, right? When, he, when they replaced his head garments, they did what? They put the priestly garments on him. And this is what I was talking. He, wants to, he stripped him down and began to replace his mind, which said what? Had a blue tassel and said, holiness unto the Lord. That's a key point right now. The church needs to see themselves holiness unto the Lord. God has made you righteous. God has, the blood of Jesus has cleansed you. The blood of Christ has absolutely cleaned you, purified you, and justified you. You don't need any other. You, listen, we need to renew our minds in the word and by the spirit of God. Because the only way to get out of that is through that. Renewing, renewing, renewing. And so many Christians, so many believers are walking around and they don't have good thoughts of themselves. Come on, I have my days. Really. And we think negative things, and that's what we portray in our actions. Are you hearing me? This is good. And listen, God's going to free you tonight. And the Holy Spirit wants to free us from this. So it was holiness under the Lord. And it's funny because Bob Jones, he, he got Josiah. And he got Victoria when he was in uh, Beverly. And he, he, this, this is the thing that he would just do to groups. He'd just speak, lay hands on them, anoint them, and say, holiness unto the Lord. Holiness unto the Lord. Right on their heads. Right on their heads. And that was the words that were spoken. So that why? So that there would be a generation that would rise up that would know that they're pure. The white, spotless bride before the Lord. And listen, we so need to understand this. This is key. This is key to knowing who you are. That doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Today's a different day, and God has brought you, and doesn't matter what the circumstances are, that the Holy Spirit wants to, you to understand and know that you've been washed in the blood, that you're purified, you're clean, and you walk righteous before him. 
And I could preach this for another 20 minutes and someone's probably going to walk out of here and they're going to have a negative thought about themselves. But I pray right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, let it sink up. Actually, lift your hands like I said last night. Just lift your hands up because if we lift our hands to expect something to receive, it's just receiving. That's all it is. Father, I thank you. I receive from heaven an understanding of the anointing that's on my life, that I am pure, I'm holy, I'm completely changed and radically changed in my mind. I have the mind of Christ, and therefore I think the thoughts of Christ. And so, Father, let it come to us in ways we haven't known before, but, Lord, let it happen supernaturally and through impartation even tonight, and let our actions reflect what we receive in Jesus' name. Right? And so here, so he changes up, right? And I just want you to go because there's something, there's something about in, in Genesis here. Chapter 3, we're going right back to where it all started. Genesis chapter 3. In verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said? There's the question of the ages. Has God indeed said that you shall not eat of every? I missed this before. For some reason, I missed this, and I've read this a lot of times. I've studied it. I've read it. Every tree of the garden. Every tree. Did you know it said that? Every tree? I feel like this is what the enemy does, right? He just comes in and he wants to tweak things a little. Twisted, a little twist, so that we lose perspective and we don't know what he's saying. And I believe this is the first time that insecurity came into the garden. I think it was a seed that began a root. And it's the root to most of what, what we partake in. Or don't partake in. Come on. Let's get our language right. But insecurity is what? A state of being, right? It's not, it's a state of being not secure, not confident, and not firm. So immediately, this is what happens in the garden. All of a sudden, we have this transaction, right? Be careful what we trade. Be careful what we begin to engage with and begin to trade. And the Holy Spirit, right? All of a sudden, I, I look at this, and I'm like, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. Now, I'm thinking, he changed the words. The, the language is different, so that Eve has to go, Wait a minute, what did he say? Right? So all of a sudden, what the Lord had said, now she's not secure, now she's not confident, now she's not firm in what happened, in what was told. I'm telling you. And so the Lord wants us to know, listen, the word is always true. The things that he speaks to us are always true. And he's bringing us into this place where he, we're, we're firm, where we're confident, where we're walking in the truth and the light of what he's spoken. Listen, the word will never fail. All these things will pass away, but the word shall never pass away. Isn't that what Jesus said to us? 
So we need to realize that the enemy's always trying to twist. Listen, you got, the enemy's trying to twist God's promises, even to us. The Bible says even to the elect. So then we go down, right? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit. We may eat the fruit of the garden, of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which we, in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said, you shall show, ready? Second, you shall surely not die. Ready? Inferiority. Why? The next words. For God knows that in that day, your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing, go- knowing good and evil. What happens when we have an inferiority issue? We feel lower in our position, right? And I know we're talking about God and I know we're talking about the creation, but still the question came to mind, maybe he's trying to hide something from us. Maybe he wants us not to know. Maybe, ready? Going back to the question always. Listen, inferiority is a state of being in a lower, lower in position, lower in stature, lower in value. And God wants us to have a high value system for ourselves. Come on. Obviously, he's high in, in the highest place. But he wants us to value who he's created us to be, who he's created your brother to be, who he's created your sister to be. Let me tell you, this is where much, this is, ready? Things are just, start slithering in between bodies and between people. And inferiority and insecurity is always the thing that brings division. It's that very thing that comes in and all kinds of other fruit comes out of it. Gossip talking, all this stuff, right? And then we don't believe anything that we've believed before because we believe everything else we thought is a lie about someone else. So let's go back. God wants to set us free from all this, right? God wants the church completely free. He wants you and I Set back into the place of Eden, I'm telling you, in a good place. Here we go. We're not going to let the accuser come anymore, right? Inferiority, insecurity. No No one deals with that in this room, right? Just me again, I know. And so the, the Spirit of God, ready? The word for us is this. God is wanting our identity to reflect what the Father says about you. He always wants us to reflect what the Father says. Verse 5, and I said, let him put a clean turban on his head. And let him put a, a clean turban on his head and they put the clothes on him, and the angel of the Lord stood by, and the angel of the Lord admonished Joshua, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, If you walk in my ways and keep my commands, you shall also judge my house, and likewise have charge of my courts. And I will give you 
places to walk among those who stand there, among these who stand there. So what is he saying? He's opening the courts of heaven, right? Joshua, and listen, it is a picture of you and I as believers. If you haven't got that already, that God has already, he's given you righteous robes. He's given you kingly robes. That's why the, the picture of this kid was so amazing last night, because he's given you kingly robes. I was a king, the little boy said. What do you mean, I was a king? He knew who he was in the spirit before he was born. And so here, the Lord wants a revelation to come on your life. That you've been created to rule, to reign, to live in the heavenly realms, right? To to have access, right? To not be set back and not be shut out. So that you can stand in the courts of heaven and before the Father and release God's decrees on the earth. And listen, that listen, this is a privilege. This is not a this is not it's a it's a privilege for us not to live in a place, right? You don't need to be inferior, you don't need to be set back in, in little. Come on, we're little in our in the sight of ourselves. Right? I read that thing from the message. It, was, it talks about, you know, God wants us to live in this expansive space. And he doesn't want our minds to be closed so that we, we put ourselves in a place of restricted, small living. So then we got this. Verse 8 says this, Hero Joshua, the high priest, and your companions who sit before you, for they are a wondrous sign. Then he goes on to, behold, I'm bringing forth my servant, the branch. What? So what? God is being formed in the earth. Jesus Christ is going to be revealed through a church, through a priesthood. Christ will be revealed through a priesthood. That's what this is saying. Behold, I'll bring forth my servant. It's prophetic of of the release of Jesus Christ, but let's read it as a prophecy for you and I. That the revelation of Christ, coming Christ in you, the hope of glory, will be revealed. As your mind is, cl- is renewed, as you put on your robes of righteousness with the pl- and stand in the place of heaven where you, where you are supposed to be your whole entire created life. We don't sit back outside of the courts. Come on. God wants us to live in the fullness of who he called us to be. Right? Then he goes into this. Behold, the stone which I have laid before Joshua. Upon the stone are seven eyes. Behold, I will engrave its inscription. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will remove the iniquities from the land in one day. This is good stuff, guys, because there will be a massive harvest. It's speaking of a massive harvest. We talk about a billion-soul harvest. We get prayed it in the back, right? The Holy Spirit wants us to be that church, right, that looks like Christ, that moves in the fullness of who he is because you were created to be just like your older brother. Just like him. And I will remove the iniquity of that land in one day. That's talking about saving nations, right? It's talking about, it's prophetic of Israel, 
but it's talking about releasing nations from captivities in a day. In a moment of time. Right? We could preach a sermon on what a difference a day would make. And this is good. In that day, the Lord says, everyone I will, visit, will invite his neighbor, right, evangelism, under his vine and under his fig tree, talking about prosperity and abundance and the living and the truth and the light of heaven. And I probably won't get into any more heavy teaching like this for the rest of the, at least for a couple of weeks. But I, listen, I felt like the Lord wanted to really have us understand this so that we can walk in the truth of what it is. He's called you as a priesthood. As a priesthood. Listen, the blue banner coming down from holiness of the Lord was this cord of revelation that God wants to put on your head. He wants to wrap your head with a cord of revelation so that you're connected right to heaven. And therefore you have access to come in. And so when the enemy comes, this is the whole deal, that when the enemy comes to you, right, it says that he was on the right side of Joshua. When actually what? You're seated in heavenly places with Christ, who's at the right hand of who? The Father. Then we get into the next chapter, right? The next chapter is just blow you away because the spirit of awakening comes upon Zechariah. And this is what the whole point is, that the Lord wants to release an awakening over your life so that you move with the fullness because it's all talking about the fullness of God and the church and a prophetic picture of the church living in the fullness of God and in the seven spirits, the seven not seven Holy Spirits, but the seven functions of what the Holy Spirit does and is, was active in Jesus' life. Therefore, it should be active in your life if we just get in the line with what God's saying. And he wants to speak, uh, ready? He wants to release the scrolls. I'm telling you, I will be on scrolls probably for a couple more weeks. But I feel like these scrolls that the Lord wants to release over your life would just totally change you and he wants to open them bare before you do you believe that he's got a word for you and i love what danny said because it totally i totally resonate with it and i've said it from here before last night he said he said it's the best thing is that when you engage with heaven i totally agree if you engage with heaven and you receive a word from the lord it will transform your life more than any prophetic word that was ever given to you So I continue to go back and forth. Listen, you want to go into the you want to go into the courts of heaven? Because that's where you want to live. That's where you want to abide. That's why that's how we decree and intercede for the nation. If any time, like now, we're in the fullness of time. We're in the fullness of time. And God's looking for a, a people that will just align with him. And the decrees that would come from heaven will change nations. Will change your family. The decrees will transform people around you. 
The decrees have the, have the, the answer to the homeless, has the answer to the drug addict, has the answer. So he wants to break through. Ready? Let's stand. I thank you, Father. Just engage with God for a moment. Lord, we just thank you tonight. We want to stand in the courts close to you. Father, I pray right now that you just release over everyone's minds right now. That you just release holiness under the Lord over everyone's mind right now. That you just bring us into the place where we receive Lord, nothing would be held back from any person in, this, in the sound of my voice. And so we receive our turban tonight, Lord. We just wrap our heads tightly with what you want to release. We put it on us. We tie it to us. We thank you for the cords of revelation that are being released to us tonight. We just ask that you'd activate a fresh mindset. Lord, help us to see and hear with heaven's perspective. And Lord, we break all the power of the enemy. We thank you for the blood. We apply the blood. And even right now, just think of, if you're thinking of things that the Lord's bringing up, then you just deal with it right there. Right? Anything that the Lord might be dealing with. So we just declare over each one right now, holiness under the Lord. Holiness under the Lord. We no longer see ourselves in any darkness but purity and light. And we just thank you, Father, that you're a good Father. And that you want to release the gates and you open the gates to us that we can enter and come in. The Bible tells us, right, in Hebrews, that you have access. For Ephesians, through faith, And so, Lord, give us that full access tonight. Lord, let us apply. Let us enter in. Let us let something significant happen. And so we take authority tonight over every thought that's contrary to the knowledge of God right now. We take complete authority over it.
take every line, Lord, we put it before you, every, every iniquity line, lay it at your feet. You know what you need to deal with. The Father comes and he just pulls. He just pulls. I just see the Lord pulling it like a string. Just pulling it like a string. So that anything in that line, he can just unravel it. So Lord, I thank you for a company that has clean hands and a pure heart. you to see. So you've just been given a, a new turban with holiness under the Lord. Now you're putting on a new robe. And it's a robe of righteousness. But it's a robe of a king. It's the robe that, that we receive. It's full of glory, full of light. It's full of favor. You don't live in a place where you don't have favor anymore. You don't live outside of favor. It's just a lot of favor. And so, Father, I just thank you that you're going to bring restoration. You're going to bring change. You're going to bring significant movement tonight in people's lives. something, if you need the Lord to just bring something and break it, just come up quick. Come up quick.